thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your life. Welcome to Wellness Women Radio for the women with big dreams who dare to be different and who want to thrive in health, work and play. Dr. Ashley Bond and Dr. Andrea Huddleston bring you a weekly podcast to help you master true health and create an exceptional life. This episode of Wellness Women Radio is very proudly brought to you by Dinner Twist. Dr. Ashley and I want to let you in on a little secret of how we maintain our healthy whole foods lifestyle with very little time. And one of those ways is actually with Dinner Twist. So they plan, they shop, they deliver everything to our door to take all of the guesswork out of having really healthy meals for dinner each night. Um, I love Dinner Twist because they are a locally family-owned business here in Perth in Western Australia, and all of their produce is locally sourced and seasonal. So they are really invested in all of their suppliers as well, which is absolutely amazing. Everything is so fresh. Uh, Ashley and I both get the Wholesome Box, which is naturally gluten and dairy-free as well, and is very consistent with a paleo-type lifestyle as well. Uh, so it's, you know, completely consistent with, you know, the way that we want to eat and want to feed our loved ones too. This is also how I trick Dean into thinking that I can actually cook. So seriously, if I can do it, everybody can trust me. And their recipes are so delicious. They also have other options apart from the wholesome box. So they have a family box for bigger size families an express box. If you're really short on time, uh, as well as a vegan box too. Now, we would love to give you the opportunity for you to actually try Dinner Twist and realize how healthy, how delicious and how fresh it is, but also how much easier this is going to make life as well. So we have a special promo code for you, and that is going to give you $35 off your first box. And that is WWR for Wellness Women Radio. Um, So we would love you to uh, try for yourself. Don't take my word for it, but let me know what you think. Without further ado, ladies, onto the show. Hey there, lovely listeners. Thank you so much for joining us on Wellness Women Radio. I'm Ashley. And I'm Andrea. And you can find us on social media as always. So we are the Wellness Women on, uh, yeah, on Facebook and the Wellness Women Official on Instagram. I am DrAndrea.xo on Instagram and the Wellness, oh, no, wait, I just said that. Um, I am the Period Whisperer on Facebook and Ashley is Dr. Ashley Bond on everything. Uh, we're recording this relatively late at night. It's almost nine o'clock um, for us here in Perth after Ash and I have both had pretty massive days with patients. So you'll forgive us for, you know, messing up intros occasionally. Ash, how are you doing? Awesome. Uh, look, I don't think a messed up intro means that we're going to have a messed up content tonight. I, I'm pretty excited about this topic because it's something that, uh, you know, I think it's pretty much every single day in practice this topic comes into play. And I would say mm-hmm. that, you know, what do you use for milk is one of the most common questions I get because so many people are like, so I guess, moving away from dairy milk or they find out they're lactose intolerant or they have a child who has dairy milk, dairy milk protein allergies mm-hmm. or, you know, there's just so many other scenarios. And um, yeah, I would suggest that this this topic comes up every single day. And I hadn't thought about yeah. actually doing an episode. And she said, shouldn't we chat about milk alternatives? I'm like, oh my gosh, great, great idea, Andrea. So yes, tonight we're going to talk about milk alternatives. And- um 
Yeah, yeah actually, I think that we, we definitely do need to cover the dairy issue at some stage. Like I know that we haven't haven't really sort of tackled that yet. Um, you know, obviously the pros and cons of consuming dairy and everything that kind of goes along with that. And it can almost be a bit of a political issue um, as well. So we'll cover that on another another time, maybe not at nine o'clock at night, but this is, this is a much more easily digestible issue than, or not issue or episode, I should say, than that. Um, and that is like, you know, what are our our milk alternatives and the first thing you're going to think of is obviously all your nut milks and when ash and i were you know obviously getting into the health and and wellness space many many years ago the only alternative we had to actual cow's milk dairy was soy and then eventually came along rice milk and I remember um, Damien Christoph has this really funny joke, well, funny in inverted commas, <laughs> joke that he used to make um, during his Power of Food talks about how do you milk a bean because obviously it comes from, you know, rice or how do you, how do you milk a little, little rice bean? And he would make these funny little like milking sort of um, gestures and, yeah, there was a really good dad joke. But it's also a funny thing to think about as well. Um, how you know the production of these milks and how it comes about but now we have so many choices and I kind of feel sorry for cafes and baristas having to constantly change these things and having what like you know eight to ten different milk options on their on their menu I think it's amazing that they're keeping up with the trends oh absolutely and I think it's so funny that as well like once upon a time you just ordered a coffee yeah yeah would you like milk with that yes or no <laughs> now it's uh which milk would you like with that yeah so, we're a little bit more high maintenance now and if somebody doesn't have almond milk then I'm like oh so put out <laughs> not yeah, that I not would much. take my coffee because I'm such a coffee purist it can be nothing but black but it, you know say I wanted to um really stretch myself and have like a chai on almond milk um you know that that's pretty delicious so why don't we start there looking at almond milk because this is probably like one of the most popular milk alternatives um and i think that the commercially bought almond milk um i usually have a bit of a problem with because most of them contain you know so many um starches and thickeners and oh, sweeteners as well and a lot of the barista brand almond milks usually have lots of additives and fillers in them that allow them to froth like it would a dairy milk so just be really conscious of that um the starch that is normally contained in almond milk that you would buy from say a grocery store is usually things like brown rice so it's kind of has that sort of thing in it as well um, and those thickeners just help with the consistency of the almond milk itself uh, if you're sorry actually we're going to jump in there Oh no! This is a, interestingly too. I've I've picked up a carton that actually had some soy lecithin. So mm. if you're trying to avoid, you know, a, an allergenic milk like a dairy milk and soy being such a closely, uh, you know, second in line for its allergenic properties, it's not uncommon for me to see people saying, "Oh, I've tried, you know, this and that. I'm still getting all these allergy responses." And it's like, just check what else is in there. What are the fillers? Because soy lecithin is something that I've seen in there, and I've gone, "Huh, that's interesting." Yeah, yeah, that's definitely not something that we want to um, be consuming too much of, that's for sure, because that is essentially like an emulsifier. So it aids with that kind of thickening and um, almost like the frothing capacity of it. Mm. If you make almond milk at home, normally the way you do it, it's like a one part almonds to four parts filtered water. So it's about 25% almonds in that. 
Whereas the almond milk that you that is store bought usually contains like only a very small percentage of, of almonds, um, which is not necessarily an issue because you know we also want to look at what the omega three ratios or you know the really good fatty acids are in some of these, and because it is a nut then we know that the omega-6 to 3 ratios in almond milk are going to be much higher. Uh, and we would prefer if they were sort of one-to-one, one, but in almond milk it can be sometimes like thousands to one of omega-6 to 3 ratios, which is essentially the pathways that promote inflammation, which is also why a lot of people, particularly with autoimmune conditions, also have issues with nuts as well just because it can be pro-inflammatory. Don't forget as well that nuts contain um, like oxalates, phytic acid, lectins and those sorts of things. So it can deplete the system um, of some other nutrients if you're consuming too much of them or if you do have problems with some of those things. Um, so just, you know, obviously use caution with that. Um, I think the omega-6 to 3 ratio is probably less of a concern in actually store-bought almond milks because the almond you know, content in that is so, so low. Um, but one of the biggest things with almond milk that I want you to think about is that there are a lot of environmental concerns around that. So the amount of water that it actually takes or is required to produce and cultivate almonds is, is pretty massive. Ash, I know that you have um, sort of some like definitely environmental concerns about that as well, yeah? Oh, I look in it really. I hadn't thought about because almonds have been my go-to staple for years. Um, yeah. So you know, it's it was something this year that it hit me on the head. I was like, oh, I had to make a really sort of big decision as to how much we would consume. Would I change? Would I do something different? But um, I read an article. It was really interesting. Came up. It actually was in the Guardian, but um, the background of it was, um, yeah, quite direct. I double checked some of the stats and data because you never know with tabloid media what you're going to read. But uh, it was I interesting too. Guardian. I find I usually find the Guardian quite good, but oh, I'm sure people right. can correct me um, on that. But no, I quite it's, like it's it. Pretty good. What I'd call the original investigative journalist. Mm. You know, there's still some really hard hitting topics, but this is one of them. And it was really just disgusting, and I'd never ever thought of this of like where your almonds come from. And what I didn't appreciate was that the almond blossom was one of the earliest blossoms to come through in the springtime. Um, it's one of the bees really love and uh, essentially beekeepers are desperately racing through the winter to try and get their bee colonies ready for this early spring harvest. Um, and uh, like they had a 2018-2019 season with commercial beekeepers uh, recording up to 80% loss of bees, you know, the death rate Whoa. was so high overworked um because they're overworked just like humans they get immune system problems they were getting mites it was killing them and i was just like oh my goodness so and they had um yeah they'd lost a third of the bee you know the commercial bee colony i was like oh dear um you know if we lost 50 billion of anything that would be a big deal but uh, that's unfortunately what they lost in that one season so it was really critical and quite scathing of the uh the almond production um, oh. how we get almonds and i thought oh i'd never really thought about you know that huge commercial drive to create um almonds you know for the commercial market in all the different products that almonds are in so that had me thinking because i'm a bit of a bee lover so i was like oh gee that doesn't you know it doesn't sort of fit with my ideas around looking after the environment but um obviously it's still you know you can argue that the pros and cons of the environmental impacts of pretty much every milk and milk alternatives so yeah um, i just had to sort of take that on the chin and be like okay you know how much does this affect my choice right now um but i will say actually i'm alternating things a bit more i 
you know, was true and true, just buy a carton of almond milk. Now I'm like, oh, I might do half almond milk and half a nuts. You know, so, yeah. Um, yeah, it has actually altered my choices, interestingly, just that one article. So just a little thought there. I know. I think that, you know, wellness trends and well-meaning wellness trends, sometimes there are like foreign effects and downstream effects that we, we don't even think about because that's not something that would normally come to mind when we think about, you know, just like consuming almond milk. All right, Ash, what's on your list? What's your next one? Um, so I think we had a couple of different ones. Obviously, you know, we're looking at um, the big heavy hitting one being soy. And I think, you know, when it comes to the most common, the most, I guess, universally popular non-dairy milk alternative, I would say it's soy. If yeah. I ask anyone, you know, historically, soy was always the alternative. So that's um, interesting that sort of starting to move out of trend a bit. And I think that comes down to general consumer awareness that soy has been connected to, you know, phytoestrogenic properties and uh, the effects that that has on hormones. I've been interested in that one too because we talk a lot about, Andrew, you and I, with regards to women's health and development. And, um, yeah, overconsumption of soy can be a problem. So, you know, if people are using soy, soy, soy in milk and tofu, tempeh and every other form in their house, then there can be concerns uh, health-wise for that. So mm-hmm. I, I, I still, I don't know, I still like the flavour of soy milk. Um, oh, it's definitely popular, yeah, because yeah. It probably of all of them, it's probably the most palatable. Um, mm. However, I've got massive issues with soy um, for yeah. women's health. And yeah. um, I know that there's a lot of debate, particularly like, you know, in the functional medicine space about whether or not soy is like really beneficial in certain cases because it does, um, you know, it competes with estrogen for receptor sites. So it can um, essentially like there's some, you know, thinking or theories around the fact that, well, if the soy kind of fits those receptor sites then the estrogen which is much like you know obviously a stronger sort of estrogenic molecule is not filling that but there's lots of other sort of um problematic downhill um or downstream things that happen um soy um, can certainly be used therapeutically in certain instances but not soy milk so not just the soybean plus water sort of combination um and most uh soy that goes into most of the, the soy milks, particularly anything that's American um, grown, is usually genetically modified, um, which obviously we've got massive issues with um, because we know that that's pretty dangerous. It is definitely higher in protein um, than, say, almond milk and some of the other ones that we're going to talk about, um, it, but it still contains lots of thickeners. It's still going to have additives in it. Um, certainly huge concerns if you do have any kind of hormonal imbalances. I would definitely suggest avoiding soy. And I think considering the environment to back too, because uh, across the globe, you know, big swathes of South American jungle rainforests uh, have been cleared out because soybean crop is such a huge demand. Um, so, of course, wherever there's demand, there's, you know, people going to grow it. So mm-hmm. uh, I think that's, you know, contributing certainly to uh, a loss of, you know, the environment and for anyone else who's you know, considering the carbon footprint, there is a substantial one when it comes to soybean production, manufacture, transport, and all the rest. So, yeah. um, I always think that the best uh, things you can have are the ones closest to home. So, you know, I tend to try and find things that uh, are more in keeping with our 
local environment, but clearly Armandook is not going to touch that one because nope. most of that's produced in America mm-hmm. and Europe. So, um, yeah, it's just these are the choices we make, isn't it? As we try and find healthier alternatives, we have to be like, okay, it might be good for this, but then it's bad for that. And it's really good for my health, but it's so bad for the environment. <laughs> so Exactly. Um, and I think coconut milk yeah. also fits into that category as well. And I think yeah. that this is probably the next popular um, milk kind of down the, down the track. And coconut milk is made from, um, you know, like the, the flesh of mature coconuts where it's like they'll blend it and then strain it. Or it can also be made from a combination of coconut cream and the coconut water that they'll kind of blend. Um, it's obviously higher in saturated fats, um, which also means it's higher in calories as well. So if this is something that you really enjoy and want to be having, then just make sure that, you know, obviously you're watching your servings. Um, usually the coconut milk packaging that it comes in usually contains BPA. So just make sure that if you are getting coconut milk, it's BPA, um, you know, free cans or whatever sort of um, carton it's coming in. Um, there's definitely some pros to coconut milk in the sense that it does contain some good healthy saturated fats, contains lauric acid, um, which is also like has antimicrobial sort of benefits. It's like that medium chain triglyceride. Um, however, it is actually really low in protein. So it has less protein than, than even rice milk, which we'll get to in a moment. Um, a lot of people with nut allergies or even soy allergies can have coconut milk because it's not technically a nut. Um, it does contain, you know, lots of minerals more so than some of the other milks and that you can use that almost like an electrolyte. Uh, and it would obviously fit in with a ketogenic kind of diet framework if you were trying to sort of increase your, your saturated fats. Um, however, there's a huge percentage of the population that have the genetic predisposition where increasing your saturated fats from these sorts of sources is actually going to, um, you know, create huge inflammatory change for you, increase all your cardiovascular markers and also hold and gain weight. Um, and I'm one of those people I absolutely cannot tolerate like tropical types of saturated fats um all of my fats have to come from sort of like mediterranean sources like you know olives and salmon and olive oil and and those sorts of things they're the only fats that i can sort of um use well in my body that have anti-inflammatory effects so um just because coconut milk is popular and obviously we use coconut oil for so many different purposes doesn't mean that um, it would necessarily be a healthy choice for you um does taste pretty good though but a lot of them are sweetened um and most coconut water that you find is also sweetened so just be really careful absolutely look for all the alternatives we're talking about tonight as well please uh be aware that we do not suggest introducing any of these for the diet of a child under two Mm -hmm. so this is not a milk alternative for anyone who is you know looking for alternatives for their children uh potentially with allergies and things this is definitely please consult pediatricians and uh, your health professionals in regards to this because you know like we've just said coconut milk is completely deficient in protein and anything that has low levels of protein or you know good quality fats can uh, reduce the growth in a child. So they've got plenty of studies showing that uh, children who consume low levels of protein have stunted growth and concerns around their growth and bone structure and things like that. So, mm-hmm. you know, just being mindful that we're not not promoting this for, <laughs> for children or for pediatric use. Okay, Ash, what, what's the next one on your list? A rice milk. Nice ah, one. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to actually this used to be my favorite I think yeah. uh, before we went to almond I always used rice until I really I guess I'd had a few glasses of almond I was just really aware of how sweet rice milk tasted and I was suddenly like oh actually it's too sweet I didn't really like it anymore um, but it's you know considered one of the most hyperallergenic of all the milk substitutes um, and you know a lot of them are uh, 
calcium fortified so if people are worried about calcium intake not that we think fortification is the best uh, solution but in terms of how they're produced and when you pick one up in a carton it will nearly always be calcium fortified so it does for anything it lacks there they have uh, bumped it into the product um i think you know it's again it's another one of those ones low in protein right so Mm -hmm. yeah you've got that same concern that it may have a you know low protein hold which can be good for some people but most people, you know, a good balance in protein in their diet is actually what they need to sustain healthy, you know, body mass and stay well. Mm-hmm. The It does have low fat and low in uh, saturated fats. So that's the one thing that is beneficial. So anyone who's sort of looking for something that's, you know, a low fat, no fat option, then you've got that one. Um, I tend to find though most of the cartons in the shops do have sweetening in them. So again, looking out for anything that's additive stevia and either likes that look like a sugar term as well is uh, a big no-no but honestly plain rice milk is actually quite naturally high in sugars so um yeah. they i think it's like twice as you know sugary as soy so that's a you know pretty good indicator that's going to be naturally sweet you really don't need a whole lot more in there um again the rice is a really bun you know global crop uh there's good opportunities that it will be more sustainable than some of the other the crops the nut milks for example and things there they're quite uh, labor intensive and water intensive to produce so you know something like rice is a relatively abundant crop by comparison so on ecological footprint um, i think it's probably one of the better options yeah yeah, exactly. Excellent. Uh, and the only reason, though, that I normally prescribe or sort of suggest rice milk for, to people because of the fact that there's not really any protein, there's no fat in it. It's mostly just because think of it, rice is a grain. Mm-hmm. You're essentially just making um, a milk type of substance from milled rice and water. So you can't really expect much more nutrients in it than that. Um, I I really only prescribe this if someone is needing some sort of um, alternative to everything else because of autoimmune conditions, because it does um, for the most part kind of fit into that sort of autoimmune protocol um, because it is, um, you know, the least inflammatory and obviously the most hypoallergenic of all of the the alternatives. Mm. Um, So, you know, that's certainly an option. Um, there is a brand that I've found that is not too bad, and that's the Australia's own um, organic unsweetened rice milk. Um, yep. It's still it tastes really sweet though, so just be just be conscious of that. Um, I think probably one of my favourites would have to be hemp milk. So this is just made from hemp seeds that are sort of blended and then um, strained. Um, it's higher in protein, so it's got much more protein than all of the other ones that we've. Um, kind of gone through even more so than soy so depending on the source that you read it has anywhere from sort of three to five grams of protein per cup it's definitely low in calories um it you know even though obviously it comes from the cannabis plant um or the the seeds um that you grow a cannabis plant from um most studies show that it contains only trace amounts of thc that would never be um you know enough to cause any problems or even be detectable on any sort of testing um, it's usually fairly palatable. Um, it does have like more nutrients than a lot of them. I can't speak to the environmental impact of this though. Um, Ash, are you aware of that with um, with hemp milk? Um, oh, look, I think in general the hemp crop as a as a plant is considered incredibly ecologically friendly. So hence the reason there's so many uh, products looking for the hemp alternative, mm-hmm. whether it be fashion, you know, hemp fibre, whether it be um, hemp powder, hemp protein is far more tolerable to most people. It's an yeah. incredibly abundant crop, you know, low levels of water consumption to grow. Like there's just so many benefits to to hemp products in general, I think. So I 
Yeah, I would suggest I'm on par with you. Um, you know what's mm. one thing I actually haven't made yet? I've made pretty much just about every other kind of milk, any nut milk I could create. I've tried all of them. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't even thought to make hemp milk yet. So this even this episode sort of stirred me into action because I've got a bag of hemp seeds in my cupboard. So um, I know it's as simple as just hemp seeds, you know, blended and blitzed. So I think um, I think you know after tonight we'll be heading be your inspo. Tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> tomorrow afternoon or this weekend I'll be creating some hemp milk. Just try it. Um, look, I've had hemp milk in the past. I don't know. It's a bit of an acquired flavour. Sometimes sometimes I like it and sometimes mm-hmm. I don't. So I think we'll most of them are though, especially if you're listening and you are so used to just having you know like dairy milk or like you know low-fat dairy or anything like that any of these are going to be quite different and it's funny the looks that I get from some patients who have been avid you know cow's milk drinkers despite maybe some of the ill effects that they suffer because of that and if I've tried to suggest say almond milk for them for example they will come back next time I see them and be pretty unhappy with me because I think it's absolutely foul. So it's definitely an acquired taste. Um, hemp seeds are a complete protein, which I really love. So um, yeah. this is usually what I suggest to um, my vegan patients just because it is, you know, definitely getting a lot more sort of nutrients into them, which is I think only going to be a positive thing. Um, so ladies, if you haven't tried hemp milk, let me know what you think of this. It's a little bit more difficult to get, but super easy to make and hemp seeds are everywhere now. Yeah, and I think as well, again, allergen-free. So if you're worried about um, allergenic response, this is a great one. And you'll know that you're doing good things for the planet because uh, I, I smiled when I sort of thought about hemp and most people have this hippie you know, image <laughs> of, of hemp and its uses. But really, it's incredible. It, it's grown without the use of herbicides and pesticides. So again, if you're looking for you know, like healthful um, plants, which you're creating these plant-based milks from, um, you don't want ones that are – I mean, for example, soy, GMO, highly high use of crops crop sprays pesticides herbicides and all the rest so you know whatever the this plant sprayed with is what's going to be within the uh, actual seed or the the nut that's being produced as well again armors as well you know high spray rates um so i guess yeah again no perfect no perfect one i think um (laughs) i I like the look of hemp milk though i think we'd need to explore that a little bit further but i you know someone said to me what do you use to be fair I, i don't think um Staying on one thing all the time is any way good anyway. I tend to rotate. Uh, like I'll look at what's on sale. Sometimes I'll pick up rice. Most of the time I'll pick up almonds. Sometimes I've even picked up oat milk. And we haven't touched on that one yet, have we? No, Ash, take it away. I am personally not a fan of oat milk, but <laughs> go for it. I think it's a bit fairy sometimes. But, <laughs> <laughs> but um, again, look, you know, benefits are that there's, there's zero saturated fat. There's no cholesterol. Um, they often, again, will fortify Australia's endemic with D uh, deficiency. So you'll often see uh, the oat milk is fortified with vitamins A and D. Um, there's fibre. So, you know, it is produced. That's why I was saying it's a bit fluffy. It's a bit fairy. It's, it's got fibre in the milk. And it does have an oaty taste. And I think that for a lot of people, you know, oats are pretty pretty easy. Most people have had porridge. No big deal. Um Low protein, so you're not going to go as a whole food source right there. It's not uh, not going to help you out on the protein front, and it is you know naturally high in sugar. So yeah. uh, the also, big, big drawback is the the celiac you know risks, and so anyone absolutely. who's got gluten sensitivity or allergy, you know, totally not appropriate. So you'll find that if you're intolerant to gluten um, or if you're celiac, then you will not be able to tolerate the conventional store bought oat milks. Correct. And also that most of them contain thickeners and emulsifiers, 
So we know that obviously that that's um, not very good for our health. Uh, it's also going to be really destructive for our di digestive system and can affect our microbiota as well. Um, so again, I think with all of them, reading labels, unless you're making it yourself, is going to be essential. Yeah, and look, it depends where you're getting it to, isn't it? So like you said, having a coffee out um, using Brewster quality milks, they do have a lot of additives in them because they want to make them foam froth and hold their, their shape when they uh, pour their cup of coffee for you. So if you're picking up one to have on your breakfast versus picking up uh, a coffee on your way out, you're going to get different product. So it's just important to realise that if you're constantly having coffees out and you think you're just having a you know a healthful chai or a healthful coffee with your milk alternative uh, it may not be as good as you think it is because you don't usually get to pick up the packet when you uh, see the barista yeah. make your your milk alternative so i tend not to order drinks out for that very reason i can taste the difference i can feel the thickness difference in the in the milk straight away it's funny whenever i've bought a like say an almond chai um, out mm. i often will like just question like is this abs are you sure this is almond milk because it tastes so good <laughs> and like I don't know what dairy tastes like so it just it's almost too good to be like almond milk and obviously there's a reason for that and it's because of the thickeners and the fillers and this um like usually the sweetness that they add into that as well um and you know if I'm having it like once in a blue moon not the end of the world uh but you're absolutely right ash is you know something I typically avoid too so I think that um as a general consensus, I think our favorite of all of the milk alternatives is probably hemp uh, because of the fact that, you know, it's fairly environmentally friendly. It's a really good complete protein, certainly lots of nutrients in there as well. Um, the next one I think is probably still, well, I guess either almond or rice milk. Yeah. Um, would be kind of my second sort of go-to. Um, coconut, certainly, if you can tolerate those saturated fats, I would still um, really highly recommend avoiding soy, though. Um, always, you know, unfermented versions of soy, I, I think for women's health purposes, is never a good thing. And look, there's still others we haven't mentioned. There's oh. macadamia, there's cashew. There's a bunch How could of I forget and those? <laughs> well, you know, honestly, it's probably because they're expensive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you look on the shelves, you know, you'll de definitely find your oats and your rice milks on the lower end of the price spectrum and uh, the other more fancy nut milks go right up there. There's hazelnut milk as well, I've seen. <gasps> oh, and, yeah. I reckon, you know, I haven't tried that, but I think that would be delicious. Oh, gosh. But, yeah, the per, per litre price is worth every bit of deliciousness, I guess. How much is it, Ash? Do you I think, know? I think, yeah, look, I think I saw a hazelnut milk or one of those nut milks um, up there in the macadamia one for like around $9. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's like four times what I think I normally spend. So, um, yeah, you have to really want that cup of, you know, delicious coffee with that uh, milk mm -hmm. if that's what you're after, um, which is probably why, you know, I was reading, uh, for example, just to make your own oat milk. Uh, if you make your own uh, with standard serving size to make one litre, it's going to cost you 20 cents. You buy it at the shop, it's going to be $2.80 thereabouts. So, you know, you can see there's a big difference there in production costs. So if you're really serious about um, as well your, your pocket, I think you're probably best off trying to make some of these yourself. So have a little look online. There's some great recipes out there um, the entire vegan movement has every milk under the sun that you can create so i'm sure you'll find good recipes and to create you know simple sweeteners as well they'll often just use medjool dates and things like that so you know no added sugar sugars but um, fruit plant-based sugars which can be helpful for some people if you're trying to keep that sugar low um, and the simplicity so you know 
people often say, oh, how hard is it to make? You need a blender. You need either a milk um, cloth or a cheese cloth so you can strain it. Um, you need clean storage bottles and you need to want to drink it, you know, within four to five days. So Yeah, and just really, a bit of time to make. <laughs> and a bit of time to make it. So it's really not that hard. And I've definitely made almond milk many times and uh, then used the almond pulp for other things, cooking, baking and doing a few other things too. So that's all completely possible. So you don't have to waste any of it. Um, but I'm going to try that now with the hemp, see what, what the byproduct mm. of the hemp milk making is and what I can do with those leftover hemp seeds or the mulched, pulpy, mm. whatever it comes with. So I'm, I'm curious now. You've I wonder if you could maybe... be like making crackers or something out of that. I'm like the last person in the world to ask about cooking, but I just uh, possibly yeah. I'm tell you, I'm, I'll give you on the insight. In. So I'm not usually a, a kitchen fail kind of girl. I'm I'm pretty pretty good in the kitchen. <laughs> yeah. I'm not master chef standards, but I'd say I'm pretty good. Um, but it is it was funny. I tried to make um, some hemp flour um, like flatbreads. Oh, you're oh, amazing. My Do not try it. No, no, no. It's disastrous. It was hideous. <laughs> I couldn't eat them. I was like, oh my gosh, this is the first thing I've ever made that I'm actually like, this is unpalatable. So if anyone has found a way to use hemp flour that's listening tonight, please uh, give us a message. Let me know what you're doing with it and how you're using it because I cannot find a way to use it well. I've got uh, one kilo of it sitting there looking at me, trying to you know, find a way to use it. So I'm thinking of putting it into a body scrub or something. Oh, well, there you go. Hey, at least it wouldn't go to waste. Okay, so that's a shout out to, to our listeners. If you're if you're listening to this episode, we will post some of these recipes um, on social media. And if you can please reply to this, if you're a bit savvy in the kitchen and know what is possible with hemp flour, we would love to hear from you. Awesome. All right, Ash, is that enough on milk eternity? Because I think, I think we've probably so. given it. I think we get it yeah. on the head there. And, again, for me, it's just I guess I work in a lot of paediatric space, so um, I have this conversation routinely, and it's just about being very cautious about the advice we give and just making sure you're consulting the right people because most, and I would say nearly all of these, are absolutely not suitable alternatives for an infant um, that's mm-hmm. exclusively on milk. So it's really important that you don't um, take anything we said tonight on that front. I'm, I'll just say that because I've amount of times I've had parents ask me the question I'm like oh okay well, let's just uh, let's just check in on that because that's yeah. you know that's not okay for your child did you realize and they were like oh gosh I thought that was a good alternative unfortunately it's not so um, usually just- soy is prescribed particularly when there's you know like cow's milk protein allergies and all sorts of things like yeah. that um and you know sometimes there's some conditions where bubs are missing enzymes in their liver where they cannot break down any kind of dairy products and they will be um, prescribed soy based formulas yeah. um, but that's you know certain Certainly, like for but they're fortified and there's a lot of other yeah. additions there so yeah. yeah just uh my big thing is too for everyone who's on to the plant-based milks i th- i still think mixing it up is a good option you know trying to broaden the uh the taste buds broaden the different dietary uh you know intakes you're getting from those and that way you know you're just getting a bit of ebb and flow of what each one provides um and you're not getting too heavy you know for example on low protein or low fat or any of that you're just keeping a well-rounded diet so um if you can tolerate it and you like it then i would say every other time just switch it up and buy a different one Perfect. Okay, ladies. Well, we hope that this has given you a little bit of insight and maybe um, helped you to think about some of the other sides of some of these milk alternatives that you haven't thought of before, including things like its environmental impact. Um, so you have been listening to Wellness Women Radio. We are the Wellness Women, Dr. Ashley Bond and Dr. Andrea Huddleston. We are raising the bar for women's health and until next week, be well. 
This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.